And it also happened with that really scary sequence on the boat where it's like a really scary acid trip. Maybe not acid. I feel like acid's supposed to be fun and that was not fun at all. Acid is supposed to be fun. I think that's the takeaway from this episode. (laughs) Hey there, I'm Jordan. And I'm Nick. We're just two regular guys who love talking about film. And now we'd like to talk to you. We decided to break down our discussions into three parts. Because everyone loves a gimmick. We discuss our expectations for a film before we watch it. That's take one. We give our immediate thoughts following the film. That's take two. And finally, we research the film at length to prepare for an informed and in-depth discussion. And that's take three. So if you love film even half as much as we do, join in on the conversation. This is Take Three, a movie podcast. Take one. All right, I'm going to chug this thing a fireball so I can get ready to talk about this movie, okay? Okay. (sighs) Okay. I have a question. What's up? Who can take a sunrise and sprinkle it with poo? Is that from this movie? It is from this movie. Well... (laughs) Actually, that's a great thing to research. I don't know if that song, was that song made for this movie or did it come before and they just used it? I'm not too certain. I don't know. Uh, that's. Are you okay? It's really better. It's much better when they're cold. I, you know, I love Fireball. I don't know why this one's going down so hot. And I ran out of water. Hi, everybody. <laughs> the answer was the Candyman. The Candyman can. Don't say that word too many times. Um, the Candyman can. Stop, stop, stop. He mixes it no. with love. And he makes the world taste good. Okay, is that it? No. Who can take a rainbow? I'm not going to continue. I just don't want you to say that word anymore. Okay. What word? The C word. I'll do my best. I have never done that in the mirror. Have you? No. Does it have to be in a mirror? I forget. I feel like like the original legend is like in a mirror, but maybe it's not. I don't. Maybe that's Bloody Mary. I know it's Bloody Mary for sure. But, but they like, do it, it in Candyman as well. But yeah, they do it in mirrors and candy. That's the whole. Argument. Yeah, like mirrors is like a big deal in in Candyman. Well, I have a webcam on. Does that count? No, I'm, I'm looking at myself. Stop talking. He froze again. And now his internet cut off. Uh, if the c word got him, I'm gonna be so pissed. Not because he's dead, but just because I'm going to have to do this whole episode by myself. Man, this fireball is still getting me, and he's his internet is still cut off. Let's see. Ring, ring, ring. Phone call, phone call. Ring, ring, ring. Phone call, phone call. I think it is my internet. It's like suddenly not... I have not stopped recording, um, but I might go unplug and then replug back in. I don't know what's happening. Okay, yeah, don't start, stop recording. His internet's fucked up, guys. But he did not get killed by Candyman. That is good. I know what he said. It actually is kind of creepy because he was talking about it and then the internet cut off. I know. I was scared. I'm like, oh my god, if you got killed by the C-word, then I'm going to have to do this whole fucking episode by myself. And it's going to be ridiculous because I don't even remember this movie. This is the Gene Wilder one, not the Johnny Depp one, correct? Okay, he said correct, but he's not, his audio, like, he's walked across his room, so he just said correct. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do both sides of the podcast, I'm just gonna tell them what you said, okay? He said no, he objects, but who's the one doing it? You know what I mean? Like, 
He wants me to relay this to the masses. What do you have to say? Jordan, I will fuck you up. Stop. He said the C word again. No, just fix fix your internet. He asked me if he wants to pause recording. No, we are going to get this done. I don't know. He's talking about the fact that he, his microphone might still pick some things up. But I'm here to relay everything that he's going to say. Okay, so basically, he likes this movie a lot. And I have seen it maybe twice. He's telling me to wait till he gets back because he wants to do things. But I have to keep the show moving. There's no dead air in podcasting. I can't just wait on you, Jordan. He said this bit is taking too long and I'm going to have to edit it out. Here's the thing. I will uh, do what I want to and you're not the boss of me. Okay, let's... So you never stopped recording, right? No. Still recording. Okay. Are we back? I am. We're back. Back in the New York groove. So he's back. He said the C word too many times, and it got him. Uh, but he was able to survive a little bit. A little bit. Just enough for us to do this episode on a completely unrelated movie. I mean, he is kind of a c word i mean yeah like correct correct there is no kind of he is a c word he is a c word absolutely Uh, you're right uh now okay so i have some questions about this movie i do remember that there are some old people that like are in beds together yes they like don't ever get out of the beds right that's it because they're like handicapped Maybe they're old. I think it's assumed that they're too old to do anything, which is bullshit. They're too old to walk. Bull- yeah. I mean, we, we find out later, and this is Take-Two territory too, but uh, that like, at least for one of them, it's bullshit because as soon as he understands that he's going to have this magical once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to visit a candy factory, he is up out of bed doing a jig. That's funny. Uh, You said a little bit ago that I love this movie. I don't know if that's entirely true. Uh, I do love this movie. I remember having a positive experience after watching this movie. I kind of grew up with it. It's Gene Wilder. Like, I think of it positively. I have not seen it in a very long time, but I do think there's a lot to talk about. I think it's a classic. I have this feeling that this is going to be similar to the Wizard of Oz episode where we kind of find out that there's a lot more darkness behind the scenes in the making of this movie. For some reason, I just get that vibe from from this film. Yeah, me too. That That's cool. Are we going to talk about the remake? We don't have to. We don't have to. Like, I definitely have seen the remake and I really don't particularly like it. I had probably a good year, two year obsession with the remake, and it was mostly for the soundtrack. The soundtrack of that movie blew my absolute fucking mind. It was so crazy for a little sixth grade me hearing all of this like, I don't know, Danny Elfman just like did not hold back for that movie. I would have beat you up in grade school, I think, probably. Probably. I was such a weird... I say I was such a weird kid, but I don't think that that's changed at all. Um, no, we would have gotten along just like we get along now. Yeah, and we get along so well. Seriously, no, go listen to the main titles of the remake 
Willy Wonka movie. I think it's called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I think and then the original, turn the movie off. <laughs> yeah, I think the original is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. But like, oh, that's so good. You know what else is good? The the main titles of the Men in Black movie. It kind of sounds exactly like the main titles of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Danny Elfman, Goat. Maybe not Goat. Maybe like... Uh, I was going to say. Maybe like... Maybe a little less than Goat. But he he he's made some bangers for sure. But that's we don't have to talk anymore about the remake. We are specifically talking about the Hold Please. What year was it made? Hold Please. The 1971 film starring Gene Wilder. <laughs> well, since we're specifically talking about the 1971 film starring Gene Wilder, did you know that um, Timmy Shao is playing Willy Wonka in a new movie? No way. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet is playing like a young Willy Wonka. That'd be cool. Is that all we know about this new Willy Wonka revival? Is that he's playing him? Like, is it a prequel? Mm, I don't know. Have you ever had a nerd? Yes, I've had a nerd. Oh my God, I miss nerds. I'll raise you one. Have you ever had a nerd's rope? Bitch, don't even get me started. I'd sell my soul for a nerd's rope. I probably could get some nerd's ropes. I will take your soul. I collect them. Let's do it. The real star of this movie and what makes it shine and what sets it apart from other movies is Gene Wilder. I think this will be a real study on him. Uh, I think he was able to inject this movie with a lot of his own charm and he makes it very funny. And I feel like he has a very like just deadpan sense of humor where anything yeah. that he says is just it's funny because he says it even though it's done with a straight face like he's really, really good at that. Uh, he definitely is. I really like Gene Wilder. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one, I think. I'm looking forward to rewatching this movie. You definitely wanted to do this one for a while. And I, just like Wizard of Oz, I've been like, no, I don't, don't want to do it. But here we are. You picked fucking Goldmember last week. Bitch. So, Didn't uh, it turn out wonderful? Oh, it turned out so good. <laughs> the episode that we released last Turned out so incredible. Flawless. Went Flawless. off without a hitch. Is that is that the phrase? Is that the... Greatest episode ever. And it has like the most listens out of any episode we've ever had. So good. And we got nominated for a Pulitzer for it. Me so too. you're welcome, bitch. Yeah, so I do like chaos. I know you picked Goldmember and Austin Powers for the last episode. So I think, okay, season one was the season of new beginnings. We were getting our footholds. And season two was the season of really like hitting our stride. And then season three was the season of friendship. We did lots of things with lots of our friends. And then season four is chaos. So this episode, while technically being episode 52, might be labeled episode 91. And you don't know why, and we don't know why, but that's it, because it's chaotic. We've cracked the formula. Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. This movie sounds dumb, but let's watch it. I like your enthusiasm. That's what I was missing this whole time. Yes, I love Willy Wonka. Let's do this. Give me a nerd's rope. Day two. I have thoughts, and I know that you do too, and I don't think that they're the same thoughts. I want to sing that, that Come With Me song. Spare the audience, please. I am. No, I'm going to sing it. <laughs> no. Uh... Spare me, please. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The opening credits alone, the music almost brought me to tears. That's how like 
nostalgic this movie was for me. You can't deny that at least that that opening scene with all like the chocolate ribbons and and how like all how the chocolates flowing and stuff. Like, that was cool. Yeah. So cool. So like relaxing and soothing. Oh, skip to one of the most <laughs> drawn out. Come on. Bleh movies. God, I just really could not get into this one. This is okay. We're kind of recording the Lake Placid episode and the Willy Wonka episode kind of like in the same week. You have a lot of nerve calling okay. this movie garbage when you're like, oh, we should do Lake Placid. And here I am thinking, oh, it's going to be a cool, fun movie. The movie's dumb as hell. Okay, it's dumb as hell. I literally, literally picked it because Betty White is in it. I loved all of her 20 minutes of screen time within that hour and a half movie. That was just lovely. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, it was like you will have already heard us say all of this. But we're talking about this movie and this movie was a whack. First of what? all, how what didn't you like about it? do four bedridden people who haven't gotten out of bed in years bathe? Do they just stink? That's yeah, that is one of my thoughts. That's that very was one strange. of my thoughts. Also, yeah, like that bed must have stunk real bad. Yeah. Also, how did the mother get stuck watching four grandparents? Two of those are not her parents. The dad died. I would. Psh, I'd be like, y'all gotta go. Did you hear? I think it was Aunt Josephine was like, if only her, his father were still alive. Oh yeah, I I remember all of Aunt Josephine's lines. She was my favorite character. Another question. What a dick Charlie is to be like, hey, Grandpa, who is literally laying like foot to face with my other grandpa. Can you in particularly like stand up and have this beautiful moment with me and then come and have this a wonderful, amazing experience with me? He invited one grandpa right in front of the other grandpa. Because he could only invite one. And you know, throughout the whole movie, I knew you were going to bring this up. The whole movie was establishing, or at least the beginning part of the movie was establishing that like Charlie and Grandpa Joe have some kind of connection that is like, you know, stronger than the other grandparents. And they all seem chill with it. Not like they have a big choice or anything, but like, okay, I know this movie's not going for like hyper realism. But all I could think of is like, if they've not gotten out of this bed in that many years, why does Charlie have this this uh, connection to one grandfather? It's like the other grandfather was like three feet away. I don't know. That's just how the I don't, this is how the story, ask Roald Dahl. Don't ask the director of this. <laughs> is movie. Is he alive? Um, Roald Dahl did not direct this movie. No. This is take three. But that's the story. Like a movie podcast. That's the story, is that he had four grandparents in a bed, and he chose Uncle Oh, so Roald Dahl is the one that wrote this story. Yes. And is this man still living? No. Did you not realize that this was a Roald Dahl story? I can't... Yeah, no, I think I did. He wrote James and the Giant Peach, right? He sure did. Yeah. And witches? You talk a lot about him. Oh, yeah, he's great. He just makes all the great movies. <laughs> I'll have to look in. Just, no, he did. He doesn't make the movies. He made the I books. know, he but did, like he has he made all of his work gets adapted into the greatest movies ever. He made Matilda. If you have oh. problems with Matilda, then okay, you never and I mind. Have a problem. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Never mind. I love Matilda. I do. readjust your attitude here, sir. Let's do Matilda for this podcast. 
I it's on my list. It's on my list for uh Yeah, but you don't get to pick any movies anymore. Jesus Christ. It's all me yeah. now. Yeah, if we're doing movies like Lake Placid for the rest of the fucking Fuck podcast, off. I did not I quit. I, I su- quit. literally suggested Lake Placid because it is one of Betty White's funniest roles. She's hysterical. She's wonderful, period. We could have done anything else. And you're like, let's do this fun movie. Anyway, anyway, we're not here to talk about Lake Placid. Yeah, we're not, but you keep bringing it up, bitch. (laughs) I'm just saying I do question your taste in movies, that's all. Well, everyone does. Yeah, I was going to say, that's nothing new. Welcome to the fucking club. (laughs) First off, Willy Wonka doesn't show up until like 45 minutes into the movie, uh, and all the other characters suck, so I That's was waiting. That's the point. That's the point. To torture you for 45 minutes, and then the guy Why comes so in. so cranky about this movie? Here's the thing. One of my... There were a lot of things that I discovered about this movie that I didn't pick up on the first hundred times that I watched it when I was a child. I thought it was a delight. I thought it was a very charming movie, Yes, there are some problems. Yes, there are some plot holes. But it's, I mean, it's like Willy fucking Wonka. I like his nerd ropes. I like gobstoppers. (laughs) When I met the girl with the weird name, what's the girl with the weird name? It's the one that doesn't turn into a blueberry. Veruca Salt. Veruca. Oh, my goodness. When I met her, if I were Willy Wonka, I'd have been like, give me my golden ticket back. You are not allowed in here, bitch. I'd have... Ugh, I'd have kicked her ass out. See, she's one of my favorites. Like, I saw her, I was like, yes, bitch. She was... She's awful. I know she is, but that's the point. They're all awful. I like that chewing gum little bitch. I liked her. She was sassy for sure, but Veruca was like, I want to go in, don't you dare stop me. And then their dad's like, I'm only trying to help you. And she shoves him down and she's like, you're always making things difficult. And it's just like... She's... Queen. Queen. I do think it was hysterical that like the dad had like a sweatshop of of girls just opening. Like we gotta (laughs) find this ticket. (laughs) Oh my god. I don't know. And it was small things like that that I really appreciated. The the little like when when all of the tickets were out and it like did flash flat not flashbacks, but like it did a little montage of like how it affected people's lives. And the guy that was like talking to his therapist, he's like, you know, I've had, I've been having these dreams about it. And the therapist is like, Oh, well tell me what are the dreams saying? And he's like, what well, doesn't matter? They're dreams. He's like, no, tell me where the tickets are. <laughs> and my favorite one is, uh, when they're holding, someone's holding some woman's husband ransom or for yes. ransom. And, <laughs> and she's like, how long do I have to think it over? Brilliant. Like That's I didn't funny. pick up on why those moments were so funny when I was a child. Uh, and the computer scene when he's like plugging it into the computer and telling him like uh, uh, trying to figure out where to find the tickets and stuff like so yeah, so yeah, funny. That was good. Um, my favorite one though is uh, if I said Mr. Turkentine, do you know who that is? No, the teacher, Charlie's teacher. Oh, oh, oh okay. He okay. is one of my favorite characters. My oh my god, anything that he said was hysterical. I loved it so much. Yeah, he was good. And I really think, like, Charlie is truly the only redeemable character in this movie. And I think uh, the villain, if I were to ask you who you thought the villain was in this movie, who would you think I would say? I don't know, Jordan. Who is the villain? It is Grandpa fucking Joe. He is a freeloader. 
He smokes tobacco, which Charlie now's, now pays for out of his own pocket. The biggest problem I had with this movie was fizzy lifting drinks. Had Grandpa Joe not said the words, let's take a drink, Charlie, while no one's looking, then the whole movie would have been completely different. Like, Grandpa Joe is the villain. He is the antagonist of this movie, and I stand by that 100%. No, I okay, I accept that. That's good. That makes sense. Great. Glad you agree. God. Yeah. Way to go. Okay. I was thinking about this while I was watching it. I was like, you know what? There's some of these scenes where it would have been really interesting to watch like on shrooms or something or on drugs. <laughs> but then I was like, if I started this movie and partook in some sort of, you know, of course, legal drugs, I would be asleep by the time we got to any of the like the visually stunning stuff. I would have passed out by then. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I liked it when the little kid got sucked into the, the 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 tube. I thought that was funny. Okay. Augustus, what is that kid's name? Augustus Gloop or something. Thank you. Thank you. Veruca yeah. saw Augustus Gloop, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um blueberry girl and oh shit his whole shtick is in his name i'm i just watched this movie i don't know why i'm struggling yeah you did and it kills me should we not should we even bother doing a take three i'm serious i'm is this is a serious question should we even bother doing a take yes we're gonna bother doing a take three because the show is called take three not take two you cannot love a movie but I need you to at least prove to me that you know it enough to not love it. Cause you're really not doing a good job of that right now. <laughs> okay. I feel like I have given you enough information to show you that I did watch it. What's the fifth kid's name? And what, what's blueberry girl's name? Blueberry girl's name is Violet Beauregard. And I'm trying to look at them all. In my head. I know it's a boy. It is a boy. I think all of these kids were phenomenal actors, Charlie included. I yeah, um, yeah, I didn't I didn't mind their acting. I don't think anybody did a bad job in this movie, and I actually think it was like uh well directed and fun. I was just bored. I don't I don't see how that could be possible. It's like you're going into a literal candy factory. Yeah. Like almost like, an this hour into the movie. Not even. It was like 40 minutes. And you had to establish, you know, finding the tickets and stuff. And have the hit song Cheer Up Charlie. You know, what would the movie be without that little number? What? Um, okay, this movie could have done without, I'm going to say it, all of the songs. I'm not a big uh, fan of the, like, the Candyman can shit that started at the beginning. I was like, ooh, wow, okay, this is like, buckle up, Nick. <laughs> like, buckle up. You, you got to... Like, <laughs> you gotta like focus that hurts that I hurts just, a lot i don't know i <laughs> we definitely no, I, have different tastes in we do. we do like musical movies some of my favorite musicals are things that you absolutely hate so truly truly no that's fair that's that's fair i did like in that scene it was sort of like all these kids are getting uh all this just free candy like he's rolling out the dot sheets and you know, tossing candy in the air and then it cuts to Charlie just looking at the window 
and he can't participate for some reason because he's poor. I don't know, but that was just a that was a really funny moment to me. Yeah, it was funny. I'm still thinking of that little motherfucker's name. What is his? What's the first letter? I'm not telling you that. Jordan, I it's on the I'm tip of my tongue. Okay, then then Augustus it'll, it'll Blue, come Violet to Brogard, Veruca Salt, and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. What's, what else? If you can There's give me one. Charlie's last name, I will give you the first letter of this fifth kid. In the meantime, I'm going to talk about Gene Wilder's performance. I thought his performance was fantastic. I think this was a great example of his work. He's just super funny. One of my favorite lines is when I think it's Veruca's dad is like, what is this Wonka? Some kind of fun house. And Gene Wilder turns around and is like, why? Having fun? <laughs> genius. It's genius. Like his lines are so funny. He's so charming. Uh, and I think he is one of the reasons that made this movie so enjoyable and such a treat. He is good. Okay. I will say I do like him in this. And I do think it was funny that, like, he sort of gave up when <laughs> Augustus fell into the chocolate. And he's just like, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> he did that for a, pretty much every one of the kids because, like, he realized that they were all brats. And he's like, oh, I did all this for what? For these five <laughs> shitty kids? Let them kill themselves. Fine. <laughs> but we like Charlie, though. I really like Charlie. Yeah. Like, Charlie, I'm trying to think, like, Charlie didn't do anything, like, bratty. I think besides, besides actually partaking in the fizzy lifting drinks and not being like, no, Grandpa, we really shouldn't, like, that's questionable. But it was all sort of like, uh, like, even at the end when Grandpa was, Grandpa Joe was like, oh, Slugworth's going to get his everlasting gobstopper. And Charlie had that moment of like, no, Grandpa, that's wrong, and gave it back to him. And then that's what ended up winning him the factory. So... I don't know, like, is that is that character development? He finally doesn't listen to, to Grandpa Joe. Maybe Grandpa Joe's not this idol that he looks up to so heavily. I don't disagree with your whole Grandpa Joe is the bad guy thing. I don't I think mean, it's that serious, but I, it's just some interesting no, points, I guess. I, I mean, it's a good point. Like, I, I guess the movie doesn't necessarily really have, like, that big of an antagonist, but, like, the person that I think is the most problematic of all of them. The one that's causing the most trouble. Uh, maybe not like grandpa Joe, maybe not as flamboyantly as some of the other characters, but it, you're right. It is grandpa, grandpa Joe. Joe. Yeah. Fuck that guy he's sitting in a bed for 20 years and suddenly he gets the opportunity of a lifetime. He's like, Oh, I can sing. I can dance. Yeah. Let's get this show on the road. <laughs> I don't think I need to convince anyone anymore that I thought this movie was just a treat. It really was. Even even like separating the fact that it was such a big part of my childhood. Like I think overall, this was a very decent movie. It's not perfect, but it is. it has merit. That's what I believe. Okay, so like hearing you talk about it, knowing that it was not a part of my childhood, I probably watched it the first time, I'm not even kidding, the first time ever when I was like, 20 so i'm glad that you like it i do understand that does have merit the things that bothered me were the things i think that were supposed to bother me uh the things that enchanted you just didn't enchant me as much and i think that might be where we have a little bit of a disconnect uh one of the things that i do want to look into for take three 
is a couple of things. I want to discuss first how you think our modern world would react to something like this. Uh, like if, if there was like a real life thing, how, how nations around the world would react to this. For example, first and foremost, I don't think there would be a single child with that ticket. Like I think it would be all adults and it would just be pure chaos. I think that would be fun Absolutely. to explore. And then I also want to look up because Grandpa Joe doesn't have an accent. Grandma Josephine does. The teacher has an accent. Mr. Uh, what was his name? Joe Peck, who's the the uh, Charlie's employer, has an accent. And it seems like the setting of this movie is sort of like either like Dutch or German in some way. And it's not clear where the factory is, where Charlie lives. Uh, and there's just a big conglomeration, if that's even a word, of accents in this movie that kind of don't make sense. So that would be interesting to explore, even if just to figure out like where it was filmed. I think that would be interesting. But yeah, I, I could see them being like, it could be anywhere. It could be nowhere kind of thing. Yeah. What's like the geographical androgynous? Like, what, what is that? Yeah. Word? Something that's just like everywhere, but also nowhere. <laughs> that's good enough. <laughs> I like that. Uh, but clearly on a planet that has 100 billion people on it. Yeah. maybe Somewhere in the far future. Maybe that was the case wherever this movie was set. Maybe there were 100 billion people. Who knows? Okay, so the little boy, did he have like a cowboy hat on or something? Yes. Did you watch the movie? I did watch the movie. What's his shtick? What's his thing? TV. Thank you. Now what's Charlie's last name? Oh my god. I did watch this movie. That's bullshit. I, I don't buy it. What? I, mean, I don't buy it for a second. Why do you think that I would come on to this podcast wherein I've literally done 51 legitimate episodes and be like, you know what? I'm not going to watch the movie this time. I'm just going to throw caution to the wind. Because you seem to have a very large vendetta against it. I don't have a vendetta against you this movie. It just literally it just didn't stuck stick with me. You came into this episode guns a blazing, sir. I don't appreciate this. <laughs> I, I don't either. Fuck it. Thank you. Thank you. God. Took you long enough. Charlie Bucket. Charlie Bucket. Charlie Bucket. I watched this movie. I'll believe that when I see it. When you see what? There's when no I see photo, you watch this there's movie. No photo evidence. <laughs> when I see you watch this movie, I'll believe it. Okay, so <laughs> you will not believe me until I pull this movie up and sit here and watch it in front yeah. of you. The next time we're together, we're watching that movie again. Uh, and I will repeat every single word. I'm never going to see you again. <laughs> Take three. Yo, this movie sucks. <laughs> What? <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? This this is one, <laughs> this is I one of the rare you. this is one of the rare moments in this podcast where doing the research actually makes me like the movie less. <laughs> yeah, I think it was kind of sloppy and lazy. Uh, the more I think about it, <laughs> son of a bitch. Are you serious? <laughs> it's fine. It's just. I think I think my praise might have been a little bit misplaced. Some parts of it are very clever. Some parts of it are very funny. But the more I look into this, I'm more the more I'm like, the, did this really need to get made? I'm not so sure anymore. But here we are. Take three. We're already uh, too deep into it. 
I thought I was going to have to eat so much crow. I thought I was going to be like, okay, I guess this movie is good. Because, like, I found things that I liked about it, but I also kind of focused on not the story. Like I typically do. I, <laughs> you'll see. Oh, no. I was thinking that it might be an interesting experiment to just have me give all of my points and then you go. And then that way it'll probably be easier for me to edit. <laughs> it would also be an interesting experiment if you started with the numbers. I don't think we've ever done that before. You know what? Yeah, let's that, try something new. That could that could be fun. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so do you remember that time? I don't remember what episode it was, but there's one episode where you were like, I couldn't really find anything. And then I immediately like started busting out laughing because I thought that that's what I thought that you yes. meant. Like you just didn't do any research. I yep. came this close to just doing no <laughs> research on this movie <laughs> just to fuck with you. That's funny. But I did. So Willy Wonka was released on June 30th, 1971. And went on to gross about $4 million at the box office on a $3 million budget. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. Ooh. But I will say it's pretty cool. This movie turned 50 years old last year. Oh, nice. That's, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I guess it did. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Math. All right. So <laughs> this film received a Golden Globe nomination for Gene Wilder's performance. Deserved. And uh, composers Leslie Brickus... Anthony Newley and Walter Scharf were also nominated for Best Original Score at the Oscars, but they lost to Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, and do you know who Fiddler on the Roof was scored by, Jordan? I don't, actually. John Williams! Oh, gee. Oh, yeah, duh. Of course it was. Winning his yeah. first of five Oscars. I forgot about that. Yeah. Jordan doesn't appreciate John Williams like he should. It's true. So I try to bring him up anytime I can. I do like Fiddler on the Roof, though. <laughs> I, I forgot that he... Uh, and see, that's like one of the things I don't like. I mean, I don't mind the score. <laughs> I don't really even remember the score, but I just did not like that movie. Okay. <laughs> well, despite the nominations, apparently the film sort of fell into obscurity, according to director Mel Stewart. Paramount let its uh, seven-year distribution rights on the film expire without renewing them, which led the rights to revert back to Quaker Oats, the Quaker Oats company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So obviously they weren't in the filmmaking business. So they sold the rights to Warner brothers for a half a million dollars. And well, let's just say that Warner brothers realized it made a pretty damn good decision when the home video boom hit in the eighties, it found huge popularity and success on VHS, and it's obviously still regarded as a classic to this day. Mm -hmm. But now here is where I admit to being an idiot. Because <laughs> I truly thought that the candy came first, and that this was all based off some candy. You thought Rod Dahl wrote a story about candy. a candy company? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I, do, I just never really thought that much about it. Obviously, it's... Its origins are from Dahl's book. Uh, yes. I don't mean to laugh at you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was mean, but. No, you apologize. should be. I am an idiot. I don't know what I was thinking, but the film's producer, David Wolper, got that $3 million budget that I was talking about 
mm-hmm. from the Quaker Oats company in exchange for the rights to use the name Willy Wonka to sell candy bars. Instead, of, yeah, that was part of my research too, because a, a, the book is called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but they changed the name to make the candy more marketable. Exactly. And that's why I wanted to get all my notes out of the way so that I would be the first one to say these things and that you would have to be the second one to say all these things and you would look like you just copied off of my test. You've done my my least favorite trope wherein the villain reveals his whole plan <laughs> before he actually executes it, <laughs> therefore giving the hero a chance to, to foil said plans. So uh, Fuck off. Buckle up. <laughs> Over the years, I mean, due to the popularity of this brand, Nestle ended up licensing the brand and releasing like Gobstoppers and Runts and eventually our beloved Nerds Ropes. <laughs> so, you want to tell them about uh, your your quest to find Nerds Rope? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, I went to, I think it was, it was two different gas stations, two different Walmarts trying to find Jordan some nerds ropes. I don't know where the hell they are. I could have bought them like in bulk on Amazon. Like nobody needs 15 pounds of this. I mean, I, I guess I do, but like, I was, uh, yeah, okay, never mind. There. <laughs> Scratch <laughs> all of that. Uh but yeah, I, I looked all around and I finally found these little, they were like little nuggets. So it's not like nerd ropes, but it was nerd nuggets. So Honestly, they were so good. Yeah, they were good. They were so good. Delicious. I'm glad you enjoyed them. A plus. I saw this video about nerd ropes. I just want to let you know that I completely derailed all of my research to talk about nerds ropes. Um, Deal. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't all the way, but you actually had my hopes raised a little bit. (laughs) Some of it. I, okay. I don't have too, too much left. So I saw this video about nerd ropes where this guy at the factory in Itasca, Illinois said that every single day they produced over 60 miles of nerd rope. And I was like, I could probably eat that much each day. (laughs) Like that sounds good to me. Where are they though? Where's yeah, the I know. Where where is it, Illinois? <laughs> Legend has it that one day there was a worker that accidentally spilled some of this gummy mixture onto some nerds and then just left it while he went to lunch. And when they came back, they discovered that a miracle had happened and nerds ropes were born. <laughs> Thus the Powerpuff Girls were born. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. You set that up in a way that was just like that was too perfect. <laughs> this video is awesome though. I'm not gonna like try to explain to you like how they were made because you need to see it, but I, I'm gonna link it. Everybody should watch it. It is very important viewing. So segueing from Nerd Robes back to the story of Willy Wonka. I read in an interview where Mel Stewart was asked about the possibility of them remaking the film like way before the Johnny Depp movie ever came out. And he said, like, I'm honored that they would try, but I don't see the point. I think Warner Brothers uh, could make just as much money just selling the original. He goes on to say, I think it's going to be very hard to find another Gene Wilder. And he's right, and they definitely did not. Very true. Can we just... Just for a second, talk about the atrocity that is the remake. I was a casual fan of the remake, but researching this movie made me appreciate the remake a lot more, actually, if I'm being honest. 
Oh, I don't know if it did the same for you. No, it's so bad. Is it? Have you seen it since like its release? I've probably seen the remake all the way through once, but then I've seen bits and pieces of it, and it's just so weird. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know what? To be honest with you, aside from like three movies, don't like Tim Burton. I know that's probably something I've said on this podcast already. I think he's overrated. <laughs> I just don't think he's like done something good in so long. Let's go back to my last little bit, which is there was something else in this article that made me sort of chuckle and then think, what the hell? Okay. He said that the key is that this movie was never made for children. It was made for adults with an adult sense of humor. And deep down, I think it caught on because it's cynical and not a kiddie film. Almost everybody in the picture, the parents, the kids, everybody except Charlie and Grandpa Joe are rather rotten people. But that's the attraction. So the director of this movie doesn't even realize how shitty Grandpa Joe is. <laughs> that's. I think that's one of the reasons why... I kind of lost a little bit respect for this movie because I think it was oversights like that that just it just this movie feels kind of sloppy now. You saying that just reinforces that idea. Yeah, totes. That means totally, guys. So I am finished. I can take my bow. Everyone applaud. Are you guys done? Oh, you're standing up. That's so sweet of you. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Okay, sit um, down, sit down. We have we have the rest of the podcast to go. Okay, to finish off the show, um, my opening act has decided <laughs> to go after me. And his name is Jordan. And guys, he's a little off, but give him a chance. Give me a chance, please. Lend me your ear and I'll please. sing you a song. Yeah, I don't know. I just, the more that I research this movie, the more I begin to realize, again, just how sloppy yeah. it, it really was. I don't think there was a lot of attention to detail. And I feel like they just kind of threw together this character who is Grandpa Joe, who, you know, they intended to be likable and he's really just an asshole. Like in the remake, I think a lot of the decisions and a lot of the actions made a lot of sense. And Grandpa Joe wasn't someone who claimed to be bedridden only to shoot up at the first opportunity of uh, wealth and start singing. Was he was he bedridden? I don't remember. I don't think it was fully said in the remake that he like couldn't get out of the bed. It was very clear that they were a very poor family, but it wasn't as big of a surprise. I don't think when he hopped up out of bed and started dancing. Understood. Because it was done better. It was done much better than this one. And I also think it's interesting that as soon like that music number is Grandpa Joe singing. I've got a golden ticket. Like he just stole, he fucking stole Charlie's whole thing. And Charlie was just okay with it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like Grandpa Joe. He's a terrible character. So I have a few behind the scenes things that I found out that like things you may not have known. Lay them on me. Piggybacking off of the Quaker Oats discussion, uh, they really did fund a large part of this movie to promote this new Wonka bar, this new chocolate Wonka bar. Apparently, this Wonka bar was notoriously difficult to sell because I guess it had such a low melting point that it was difficult to even keep on the shelves because it melted so easily. So they had to 
take them off of the shelves and like stop selling them very close to the release of the movie, which is kind of funny, actually. That is hysterical. <laughs> People probably got in trouble. It's so funny. No. <laughs> I'm, I think this is pretty well known, but the whole part of Willy Wonka limping as he's coming out of his factory was Gene Wilder's idea. And it was. I love that. Tell, tell them why. I love yeah, the reason why. He said it sort of matched the character better. He liked the idea that Wonka had this sort of people not necessarily knowing whether he's being serious or not. Like he liked having that power over, or I guess Gene Wilder liked that for the character. He even said to the director, like, I won't do this movie unless I can do that bit. And obviously he, he let them. So yeah. It's like at that moment, no one will know if I'm lying or if I'm telling the truth for the whole movie. And that's so cool. And like the latter half of this movie is like kind of a big trade. So that's pretty cool. It is very cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I do like that part. Again, this movie is just like a chore to watch. I'm not like super <laughs> thrilled with it, but like there are good parts and I will salute Gene Wilder. I fucking think he's brilliant. And uh, I was just watching uh, a little bit before this, the end part with the Wonka Bader. And I really like that part too. That's really cute. <laughs> Actually, speaking of that part, the original ending to that movie was just going to be Charlie and Grandpa Joe jumping in the air and yelling, yippee. Like after they get the, 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 the factory? I think it's still in the elevator. They're just like once once the news is out that, yeah, Charlie, you're getting my factory. They just jump in the air and yell yippee. Uh, but I forget what the actual line in the movie is. Something about like, did you hear about the man who got everything he ever wanted? He lived happily ever after or like reversing those two things. I don't know. But the original ending was much more cheesy, I guess. And so they included that fun little line that made it into the movie, I guess. So there were a few versions of the book of the chapter book that Raul Dahl was writing. And in the original version, there was going to be nine kids instead of five, actually. Oh, my goodness. And uh, Mike TV's name was almost and this is 100 percent true. Herpes Trout was going to be his name. Herpes Trout herpes trout was almost mike tv's name well that's strange <laughs> that is strange i read somewhere that you know charlie was originally supposed to be black but you know audiences wouldn't wouldn't find that too favorable in the 70s apparently it would be less marketable to have a black charlie unbelievable <laughs> is it is it unbelievable <laughs> that is ridiculous this shit still happens shit still gets whitewashed Today, so yeah yeah it's ridiculous Something that I completely missed that I don't know if you caught on to the boat only had enough seats for the remaining family members. Like everyone had a seat. There were no empty seats in the boat. <laughs> and do you see how that something might be wrong? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like there's a uh, plan to yep. lose them as they go. Same. Uh, same thing happened with the Wonka wash. That shit makes me so uncomfortable. I, that would be my least favorite. I would go swimming in chocolate, <laughs> by all means. Beam me up into TV space. <laughs> I would not want to get on that car with all that foam and shit. I mean, I know that it, that. Like, it lasts for like five minutes or five seconds, and then you just get clean again. But no. I You've maybe, been to foam parties. I know. It makes me very uncomfortable. 
I don't know. You've why. encouraged me to go to foam parties with you. Yeah, because it's like I'm not gonna say that. It's fun. I, yeah, uh, <laughs> let's not talk about why I like going to foam parties. Jeez, oh, the they pulled a a Goonies. That's the only uh, example of this that I know of, wherein they don't tell the actors what they're about to see, and they catch their genuine reactions on film. I'm sure there's a billion other <laughs> yeah yeah of yeah. other examples but that's just the one that comes to mind uh but that happened with the chocolate room like introducing them to the chocolate room and it also happened with that really scary sequence on the boat where it's like a really scary acid trip maybe not acid i feel like acid's supposed to be fun and that was not fun at all but that was like they their scared reactions were genuine there that's actually very interesting and um acid is supposed to be fun I think that's yeah. the takeaway from this episode. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know if this was purposeful, but I hope that it was. Uh, it, the lock on the door for the chocolate room was that little keyboard piano that he does like a little thing on. Mike TV's mom turns to someone and she's like so confident in her, in her answer. She goes, Rachmaninoff. Like she's identifying the composer of that little that little yeah. thing. It's actually Mozart, uh, and I don't know. It was one of Mozart's symphonies, and I don't know if if like the director didn't catch that or if that was an error in the in the script. I hope it was purposeful because it makes her character like the the way she so confidently said that. Just it makes that part very very funny for her to have gotten that incorrect. Yeah, so I hope that that was on purpose. That's very funny. Yeah. Her being so smug about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Much like Stephen King or Dr. Seuss, Roald Dahl was not thrilled with this movie whatsoever. In fact, he made a sequel to his book called something like Charlie and the or will, yeah Charlie and the Floating Glass Elevator or something. It was like the sequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and he made sure that he did not sell the rights to make a movie out of it. He was not happy with this movie. What the hell? That's dumb. I Okay, like, I'm not happy with this movie either or whatever, but, like, clearly, eventually this movie became pretty damn popular. Like, sell it your did. rights. Get your money, Roald Dahl. I think you said also, he's dead, right? Get your I'm money. pretty sure he's dead. But, like, in the first published version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory... Uh, quote, a tribe of 3,000 amiable black pygmies who have been imported by Mr. Willy Wonka from the very deepest and darkest part of the African jungle where no white man had been before. I'm not surprised. If you were to tell me that Raul Dahl was a racist, I would not be surprised whatsoever. I have since learned that. And uh, who cares? I, I No, I'm, who cares about Raul Dahl? I, I care about racism, obviously. But if he wants to miss out on... Fuck Raul Dahl. Fuck Raul Dahl. <laughs> We'll take your, we'll take uh, James the Giant Peach and uh, Matilda, and well, you're dead. So <laughs> I was going to tell you to fuck off, but uh, he already has. I mean, yeah, like <laughs> a white guy from the 70s was racist. What? <laughs> you know, so I'm not necessarily surprised, but uh, I'm glad yeah. that they're orange. And yes, not yeah. Pygmies. What the absolute yeah. fuck? I think someone was like, you should really change this. And he's like, mm, yeah, you're right. So I think in the final edited version of the actual book, they are not this case. But uh, this is very, this had me on like a roller coaster. Uh, the fifth golden ticket 
when it was originally found, like the first time it was, it was fraudulent. Like someone had forged that fifth ticket. The photo that they show of the man who forged the ticket was a, it was a photo of a man named Martin Borman. And everyone knows who that is, you know? Oh yeah. Good old Marty Borman. Yeah. Yeah. Good old, uh, Martin Borman. Um, who the hell is those who don't know, uh, he was Hitler's private secretary. Oh my God. (laughs) Apparently. No, no, it gets better. Apparently (laughs) this man, he was a real man. He was Hitler's actual private secretary. He apparently died, but there were rumors that he'd faked his death and ran away to Paraguay, which is the location that the man who forged the ticket lived. So it ended up being a joke. I think it was, in it was in poor taste, obviously, but I just, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, the foam from the Wonka wash was actually made of fire extinguisher foam, which, if you did not know, is incredibly toxic. Yeah, I was about to say. One time, my friend Tyler and I were trying to make a fog scene, so we had a fire extinguisher and we were spraying it. Oh my god. And it was very much like not good to be around. Yeah, it made the whole room smell bad. Like it was we were stupid <laughs> I, little kids. <laughs> I had a very small fire in my apartment at college that I used my fire extinguisher on and they had me evacuate my apartment while they cleaned it up for like two or three days. Like that shit is serious. And you know, true to form all the actors involved in that scene had to seek medical attention for a couple days after shooting so jeez interesting uh yeah i definitely would not have wanted to be in that scene no definitely not the chocolate river was actually made of chocolate it was a combination of chocolate water and cream which obviously Surprised to no one, spoiled very quickly on set and made the set smell so terrible. Uh, And my last point here, all of the child actors in this movie, except for Veruca, she had a small part in like some soap opera, I think. But including Charlie, they never went on to act again. And Charlie grew up to be a vegetarian. I'm sorry. (laughs) Veterinarian. Wow, very interesting. Veterinarian, yes. <laughs> a veterinarian. So he veterinarian. helps animals. He's a yes. an animal doctor. Yes, he is not he was not previously in the military. Or only I'm sure he maybe he is a vegetarian also, I don't know. But uh yes, he's a veterinarian. Uh did you just did you mean veteran? I just know that those two words get confused a lot. Okay, I thought you were trying to say that vegetarians are people that were in the military. Maybe I was. This has completely gone off the rails. It truly has. Vegetarians are people who don't eat meat. Veterinarians (laughs) are animal doctors. And veterans are people that served in the armed forces. Correct. As far as I know, he is only one of those things. Maybe he's all three. I don't know. But the from what I found in my research the most profound one was that he worked with animals after. Well, that's sweet. After being good old Charlie Bucket. Now, see, he was a cute kid. Like, I didn't mind him, so I'm surprised he didn't, like, go on to do other things. Yeah, he was the only redeemable character in that movie. 
I think I was hoping that this movie would have at least some kind of more merit than I came to find that it actually had. I think it's still fun. I still think there are hysterical jokes in it. Uh, I still think that Gene Wilder's performance was great. I still think the kids' performances were great. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I left this movie not as thrilled as I thought I would be. Yeah, me too. It sucked. Um, so we should end this by talking about Jordan got a new phone. I did get a new phone. Cool. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> hey, it's me again uh, doing the outro because that's what we do here. Uh, Nick did it last week, so it's my week now. Nick uh, did it like eight weeks ago. Yeah, but, well, you did it for the last episode. I'm here, too, everybody. Wow, this is weird. This has never happened before. Uh, Check us out on our website, take3amp.com. If you want to hear more, uh, we are available on pretty much all, I think, all of uh, the major podcast apps. We're on all major social media sites at Take3AMP. It's been a while since I've done this. Is that it? Is that all I have to do? Uh, Just say happy listening. Happy listening listening.